0: It's tiring, it's hot, it's humid, you're mucking out of home, you're pulling mud and debris out, you're sweating, and they're smiling and laughing, and they're doing it all day. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: God brings us the best people.
1: Welcome back to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, where we take you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and you just heard from my husband, Edward. He was describing our incredible U.S. Disaster Relief volunteers. But before we dig into this week's episode, I want to update you on our current response to another U.S. disaster, the wildfires in Hawaii. Our team on the ground has been working around the clock to assess the needs and identify how we can help hurting homeowners through our church partners. Edward has traveled there on our DC 8 cargo plane. This plane was filled with 17 tons of equipment, tools, and relief supplies. We have a correspondent with our team on the ground, and we'll be telling you the story of what God is doing to bring help and hope in the coming weeks. For this week's episode, Edward and I recently traveled together to Highland Falls, New York, where Samaritan's Purse was hard at work helping families recover from devastating flooding. This part of the country is personal to Edward and I. It is home of West Point, New York, the United States Military Academy, and Edward and I have both spent a lot of time there, so it was hard to see a place we loved— devastated by the flooding. I sat down with Edward to talk about what we saw while we were in Highland Falls after the storm. So we recently mm-hmm. traveled to New York where mm-hmm. there was extreme flooding, mm-hmm. uh, but this this part of the world is uh, personal to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you lived there for many years right outside of West Point, so talk to me about what it was like to go back to a familiar place.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I was watching the news and watching the flooding coming through Highland Falls, oh. and... You know, I know the area well, and being Highland Falls, New York, Orange County, that is the gateway to the United States Military Academy at West Point, where I went to school, where you and I met and fell in love. Um, I hurt for that community, just like I would any, but to this, it is like a second home, and because it it is probably the rockiest place on the East Coast. It's got a real loose soil on top of it, so when I knew these rains were happening... I remember flash floods there. Now, not to this scale. I mean, they had so much more water than normal, but the it does flash flood bad there because it is so rocky. So the streams will swell. The water really has no place to go as it rushes to the Hudson River. And so these communities, this community of Highland Falls in particular, just got decimated.
1: And I know we, we went and saw many teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samaritan's Purse has a large presence there, and so they were working on many different homes. But one of the homes uh, was being served by Team Patriot. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell people listening, what is Team Patriot?
0: For those who don't know what Team Patriot is, we have the ministry in Alaska for wounded veterans called Operation Our Patriots. That's for marriages. But afterwards, many still want to serve and give back. Um, many people miss that camaraderie and that team environment. So we have a, something called Team Patriot. And these are men and women that are injured, missing limbs sometimes, uh, head injuries but they're out running chainsaw teams, tarping roofs. And in this case, they were running out homes there in Highland Falls, New York. So it was fun to be with them. But you know what's incredible? We had two individuals there on Team Patriot that had just participated in OHOP this summer, like the week before. And they're already out serving. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. The guy that run was up there running that team, he works for us now at Samaritan's Purse. But he started off on Team Patriot. I think he's done over 20 deployments, and now he's working full-time for us. He's awesome, Mm -hmm. and he's got such a heart. And the the man they were caring for is a Vietnam veteran. He was just so thankful that there was people there that cared enough for him that didn't know him to come serve him. But I think even more so he was thrilled that they were all veterans Mm -hmm. that were loving on him. And that whole street at that point really had been served Mm -hmm. by Team Patriot. This one guy who works on West Point had his homework you know, cleared out the previous day. He was so thrilled um, and excited about Team Patriot, wanted to show me what they did, took me into his home and uh, showed me how they cleared it out, got it all dried out quickly. Um, and he's like, y'all are awesome.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, that you show up in the people's time of need. We didn't know where to go, where to start. And you don't know me. Your guys were here to love on us. And so, yeah, it's special to watch Team Patriot in particular at West Point, Mm -hmm. wounded veterans serving the community and especially other veterans.
1: I love that Team Patriot gives Operation Healer Patriots alumni the chance to gather together and serve under a common goal, sharing the love of Christ to those who are hurting. Robert, who is leading the group in Highland Falls, told me about the impact Team Patriot had on him personally during his darkest days. The camaraderie and support Robert experienced changed the course of his life. Tell me about this team and what you're doing.
3: The flood that came through looked like a roaring river. My own, way I try to explain it to people is you couldn't swim in, but, but you could definitely do white water rafting down this down this road. Um, so the community was very. Very much impacted. So, with our team, um, we're going through the homes, helping remove belonging, trying to salvage belongings, um, trying to bring comfort back to the family, and keep them uh, just show the love of Christ to them.
1: I love Team Patriot for so many reasons, and I feel like Team Patriot is an outlet for you guys as veterans. You yes. know, it's a way for you to serve, um, be in community again with your battle buddies. So, talk to me about Team Patriot, how it's been healing for you.
3: Team Patriot was a new foundation for me, if I may. Um, Before I came on, I was uh, also injured, bedridden, suffering, Went through all the PTSD programs that you could possibly be in. Still with suicidal, I was like the worst of the worst. In 2019, we went down to uh, Parish, Texas, and that gave, that opened up my eyes because all I wanted was a sense of purpose. I was able to turn around, and work on my social skills from being isolated. I was able to have the unit camaraderie, being with fellow veterans. Basically, we know how to read each other, so it was very it was very safe haven for it to come out, but it became more than that it became a life for me and it was really my outlet and a revamp for me to turn around and find um that i now have a new purpose because my purpose before was serving our country so just like my peers we all pretty much coming from the same foundation we just want to be able to live again we want to have a sense of purpose want to be able to feel like we're human again.
1: It's a different kind of battle, but this is a battle. I'm sure walking into this home, and and now I'm watching it a couple days later, there are several tables, tarps with lots of stuff that's been carried out. But I'm sure in the early days, it's overwhelming. Where do you start? How do you guys, I guess, move forward in such a project that needs so much work?
3: Yeah, so when we come out... First thing um, I do as the team lead is basically set up, set up, um, scope it out, assess it, talk to the homeowner, get, what we, get a feel of what we're doing, and then come back and talk to the team and give them a forefront of, hey, this is what you're about to see. This is what we're about to go through. Um, also checking in continually throughout the day. Even though it looks familiar as far as chaos, mm-hmm. it's an organized chaos.
1: I loved hearing Robert's perspective on how these teams work together and look out for each other. They are unified as they serve together, ministering to these homeowners. While on the ground, our podcast correspondent, Gabby, talked to Joe, a homeowner who shared what it was like when the floods began. And I can't imagine the helplessness that he felt in that moment as water rushed into his basement.
2: On the day the rain came, it was just a normal little bit of rain, and then it started to get heavier and heavier. And then I started hearing the little creek across the the way, you know, roaring a little bit. And all of a sudden water just came gushing between the houses, three feet high between the houses. And in less than 20 minutes, it was that, over 20 inches in my basement. No time to react, to, to do anything, to prepare, you know. It was just that fast.
1: Joe was able to connect with Samaritan's Purse soon after the flooding, and within days he received a call that volunteers were coming to help. Joe described this news as a light at the end of the tunnel, because previously he felt like there was no hope. While talking with Gabby, Joe expressed his deep gratitude for Team Patriot volunteers that he now considers family.
4: And how have you enjoyed having the volunteers? I know we've all oh God, loved you having you, Joe.
2: <laughs> you are family, I'm telling you. No, you know, I. Not many people have ever made me cry, but, you know, and you guys are sacrificing. You're getting away from your family to help other families. And and that's, to me, one of the most ultimate sacrifices. You know, you're you're giving so much of yourself to help others. And it's, you know, it's just amazing. I truly believe in God. I I mean, he's spoken with me. He's touched my heart several times. Um, And I know he's there. Um, I remember I questioned it one time. Well, not questioned it, but just inquired about, you know, Jesus. And a a feeling came across me that I can't even really explain. I had no worries. I had no pain. I had no nothing. It was just the best feeling I had ever had. It lasted for about two, three seconds. And that was him saying, hey, I just kind of gave you a glimpse, just a glimpse. And uh, ever since then... You know, I, I never doubted you guys. Definitely touched my heart.
1: I was at the work site, and I saw this street and the way that Joe and our volunteers truly were like family. It looked as if they'd known each other for years. And I love how our volunteers serve with such love and intentionality. Joe even hosted a cookout to thank our volunteers for their help. When I sat down with Edward, we talked about how amazing our volunteers are. And I think all of our first responders and military, I mean, that's what they want, like to do is to serve. Mm-hmm. And so, they have served their country, but now they're serving their neighbor. But it's in the name of Jesus. And so, and I know you feel the same way after leaving the military. Now you serve in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. And one of our volunteers said, it's the best thing to do is to serve for Jesus. You've done it in your life, but now you've watched these veterans serve with a different calling, with a different uniform, the orange shirts. How was that, I guess, healing for even you to go back to a home turf and watch military serve?
0: I was excited about going back to West Point, like I said, because I cared for that community, and it was it was good to me. But I think in the military, maybe I was wrong for my service because I let it become my identity and who I was. If you had asked me four years ago, Edward, what were you? I would have looked at you like you were a fool. You know, it clearly says I'm an Army Ranger on my scroll and my tambourine, but that's not Who I am, I'm bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. But to go back there and serve, we know what it costs. There's a sacrifice that comes to service. All of them sacrifice. So the second home that we went to was um, the man was an ENT. He ran the emergency management office there Mm -hmm. for the community of Highland Falls. And he had been out and busy, you know, since the flooding came. And he lived right downtown in one of the older houses. And he didn't have time to take care of his own house. Why? Because he's he's serving the community. So wherever we go, I always ask North American ministries, serve our law enforcement, serve our first responders, our fire and rescue, our ENT. Why? Because they're in a crisis. They're caring about everyone but themselves. It's their families that are wondering, well, how am I going to do this? It's the spouse often having to pick up the pieces by himself or herself um, because their loved one is out serving. And often we come across dual-served you know. Uh, couples, where both are out serving. And so Luther and the team always try to pick up and go serve them first so they can focus on their communities and getting their communities healed and back together. Now, at this house, it was North American Ministry Volunteers. It was the uh, the volunteer crowd that always comes, and we get the best people. Uh, you mm-hmm. saw it up there and you get to hear their stories, first-timers, how they heard about it, and then you have the people, especially the site leaders, I mean, 20th, 40th storm, you know, or their third storm, fifth storm. They travel from all over. And they all have the I think the intention of that their sweat equity earns them the opportunity to share the gospel. Well we gotta
2: take that off anyway.
0: Yep. Yep. Okay. And it's awesome to hear their stories and their God stories and why they're there. Um, I'm humbled. And it's you saw it's exhausting work. Mm-hmm. It's tiring. It's hot. It's humid. You're mucking out a home. You're pulling mud and debris out. You're sweating. And they're smiling and laughing. And they're doing it all day. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: God brings us the best people.
1: Gabby sat down with Amber, a volunteer who's passionate about reminding these homeowners that their identity is not in their home or material possessions, but in Christ alone.
4: What do you love about being able to serve these homeowners that are impacted here in Highland Falls? I love helping the people here at Highland Falls because every time there's a disaster situation or an emergency situation, it helps me remember who God is and how big he is. And that we weren't created to be dependent on material goods. Mm-hmm. And as much as we all work really hard for what we have, there's so much more to life than what we have. Yeah. and. It's exciting to see opportunities for new beginnings, for people who might have been leaning on that stability of a home, um, all of of the material things that we call our identity. And our identity isn't the baseball card collection or the collection of pictures from vacations that we used to take. Our identity is in Christ alone. And my hope for the people that we serve is that it makes them into a new person, that they're renewed in their spirit by the help that we provide to them through this ministry. That's really sweet. And so as you're serving, you're you're working and helping these homeowners you've never met before at all. Um, What has that been like to just love on them and and do some practical, very hard but dirty work um, just to serve them? What's that interaction been like for you? Well, I think that strangers are just friends we haven't met yet, so to be able to go and show up for people I don't know. God doesn't call us to serve just our friends and family. It's about getting outside of our comfort zones and walking through doors sometimes where we don't know what's on the other side. It's not hard to pick up a shovel and help clean out the mud in someone's basement or whatever needs to be done. And sometimes that's just in the form of talking to the resident or, or the, the person that we're serving, to just talk to them, uh, learn their name, learn their kids' names, share a little bit about my life so they don't feel so alone. While we were in Highland
1: Falls, we got to see firsthand all that the Lord was doing in the community. And it was such a spiritual response. I loved seeing the way that the chaplains, the volunteers, and the local church all came together. Throughout our time there, 30 people came to Christ, and that is the real reason that we respond to disasters.
0: The story of the Good Samaritan tells us never pass by anyone in the ditch. And if the floods are happening in the ditch, that's who we go love and go serve.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, people listening, you know, anybody can get involved. We talked about Team Patriot. They have to be Operation Hiller Patriot alumni, but anybody can get involved. Mm-hmm. You can go to our website, smearancepurse.org, to find out how. You can be a day volunteer, you can come for a week, but we work with the local church, and we always want to link people to the local church after the ministry has mm-hmm. happened. So, talk to me about that and the discipleship that's important. We bring rapid response team chaplains uh, to obviously share the gospel, but then to turn them to long-term discipleship.
0: Yeah. So no matter if we're overseas with Samaritan's Purse and what we're doing here in the United States, we want to work through the local church. Why? Samaritan's Purse will leave at some point. We don't leave until the job's done. Mm-hmm. But we will leave. Um, we don't chase storms. We don't go the next where the cameras and stuff are going. We're going to stay and complete the job. But is that church in place? Are they better set up and propped up to witness and disciple to these new believers. So, yes, the orange shirts go out, and all most of the orange shirts are all ready, and they're primed and ready mm-hmm. to share the hope that's inside them. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have trained um, volunteers through the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, as you said, the Rapid Response Chaplains. They're trained how to share hope in crisis, learning how to listen um, when to speak, um, you know, they're like, they're trained counselors, but they're trained in sharing their faith. Mm-hmm. And that's where the orange shirts are working hard. They provide the opportunity that homeowners always want to ask, almost always, why are you here? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? My estimates from a, like another guy was $14,000 to do this. Why are you here doing it for free? Well, because mm-hmm. we love you, but more importantly, Jesus loves you. And so those, those chaplains often lead them to the Lord.
1: I sat down with David and Deborah Hicks. They are rapid response team chaplains, and they talked about why they serve and the importance of
5: the gospel. The chaplains are here to, to provide emotional and spiritual care. We love on the homeowners, make them feel comfort and peace during this time that they are struggling with the devastation of this flood.
1: You guys have been on five deployments, correct? Yes. Tell me, you know, each response is different, yes. but how have you seen God work in devastating times?
5: Uh, We see so many people that don't have a lot of faith when a disaster hits, so we provide them with material uh, prayer and give them the opportunity to accept Christ as their Savior. And so we provide that to them, and and the people are very receptive to receiving Christ in these disasters.
6: It's... It's such a privilege for us to be allowed um, into these people's lives and into their homes um, at these times of, of great trauma. And it opens up the door for those spiritual conversations. Everyone has stuff going on in their lives. It's not just that we had a flood, but there's medical things going on or a job loss or so many other traumas that tend to just pile one on top of the other. And when this happens, it sometimes just opens a floodgate where people will just um, unburden themselves and then we can interject Jesus into their processing, which they might not have done on their own. So it's a real privilege and an honor for us to be invited into into their lives at such a traumatic moment.
1: How have you watched God use, you know,
6: something tragic for his glory? Well, I think we get take our cues from the homeowners, um, and we also lean really heavily into the Holy Spirit. You know, he can highlight something that they're saying that may be the key, that they need to just unpack, unwrap just a little bit, that will free them up. And we can use those keys to just bring them into maybe a better understanding of who Jesus is. Salvation is a free gift, and we're invited to just run into his arms. And that's a Jesus that we really want to uh, present to, especially someone who is in the middle of a crisis situation and is hurting.
5: So what, what the process is, we go to the homeowner, talk with them, and if they accept Christ or rededicate their lives or reassurance we direct them to the local church when we leave they take our place and do the follow-up with the homeowners so they don't fall through the cracks so we rely on the local church to continue to follow up with these homeowners and at our office at BGA they follow up continuously even after the local church is
3: done
0: If we just leave and there's no follow up, the church, so when we go somewhere, often we're living, our volunteers are spending the night in that church. Um, That church is committed to doing the follow up and sharing the gospel. And the case in point in the church there, there was no church big enough to house us in Highland Falls. We're over the mountain in a place called Cornwall that I knew well. Um, That church really has no connection with this community. Um, But the pastor's like, come, Mm -hmm. stay here. Of course, Mm -hmm. stay here. We love our neighbors. That's the church. Mm-hmm. Loving your stranger, getting outside the walls, and getting uncomfortable. Often, too often, the church is. You know, I love the old saying that the church is not supposed to be a museum for the saints, but a hospital for the sick. Uh, to be a hospital, that you got to get uncomfortable, get outside the walls, and you got to do ambulance runs. You don't want to just wait for them to come to you. You can go get them. And that's what Nam North American Ministries and these disasters are all about—is going to get the people in the ditch that need rescued.
1: Mm-hmm. As you said, that we go to the ditches of life, and it's a privilege to sit with someone in their suffering. I mean, we we walked down that street, and neighbors were coming out, and you know, that one neighbor had just driven up; she hadn't seen her house yet, but mm-hmm. she just wept. Remember, she mm-hmm. hugged us. People, when they're at their worst, I think allow you in. That's right. But strangers, what is it like to sit with a stranger as they're suffering?
0: These people, many of them are private, normally would never go to a church or never been attracted to the church. But all of a sudden the body of Christ is there. Do you need help? And then they start sharing stories and they'll start bring you'll you'll find an old washed out photo album. Mm
3: -hmm. And
0: you try to dry it out for them. You're showing and it brings back memories and their heart opens up and quickly complete strangers get tied together. Um and memories and shared circumstances, especially with Team Patriot serving other veterans. When you've walked the fire and you've gone through it yourself, and then you can share it with others or listen more importantly to others, complete strangers become friends mm-hmm. and become family. Just I mean that one street alone we saw there in Highland Falls with Team Patriot and the work they've done. That street loved Samaritan's Person, Team Patriot. But what were they attracted to? That's the body of Christ and the love mm-hmm. of Christ. It's not who we are. It's what we are through Christ. As sad as it is to watch a storm and, and during a crisis, the hurting and the pain, but the healing and the family that can form from that. Um, I think for you and I, we were privileged to be a small part of that, just to see it and to observe it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's why we want to go and help the physical need. But we... More importantly, want to spirit, bring the spiritual. So I encourage everybody to be a part of sharing the gospel in your community. So mm. go to SamaritansPress.org to find out how you can get involved. Is there anything else you want to share from that trip?
0: Well, it was a great joy and opportunity to do it with you. <laughs> um, we don't often get to share things together mm-hmm. like this. Um, but just to see each other's passions and desire to share the gospel is an awesome opportunity. And that's what I love. From my previous life, I couldn't share and the military, mm-hmm. what I did with you or the kids, and it's awesome. It's a rare mm-hmm. change and opportunity to be able to mm-hmm. share what I, what I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the best staff and volunteers in the world, and to be able to show you that it's, it's awesome. I want everybody at West Point in that town to know it's the church that will love and serve and show up during a time of crisis.
1: Mm-hmm. And Samaritans Burst just goes to help bolster them. We
0: better be faithful.
1: I just loved being on the ground, meeting our volunteers, hearing where they're from and why they chose to serve. But I also loved meeting our homeowners, and it was humbling that they let me in during their time of need. And as Edward said, God truly gives us the best volunteers. In fact, one comes to my mind as I'm closing this episode. She told me that every year on her birthday, she goes away on a trip. But this year, instead of a vacation or something relaxing, she wanted to serve. And so here she was on her birthday week, serving people in Jesus' name. Uh, It challenged me on how I can serve others. And if you want to hear more or get involved like she did, I encourage you to go to SamaritansPurse.org. But please also be praying for the 30 new believers that came to faith in Christ and the many others that have been impacted by this response. Um, And also be praying for Hawaii. So many are suffering and hurting. And um, please be praying for our teams as they love them and serve them right now. And as I said earlier, we'll have an episode covering that response soon. So be looking out for it. Thanks again for listening, for praying, and I hope you have a great
2: week.